stop asking questions is the day we accept what is going on around us. So I implore you, ask those questions. Hello, and welcome to Letters from the Lunchroom, a podcast by Communities and Schools of Mid-America. I'm your host, Victoria Partridge. Communities and Schools is a nationwide nonprofit which connects students and their families to local resources in order to remove barriers so that they will have greater success in school and in life. During this podcast, we talk to people who have a relationship with our organization. From students to staff members and alumni to volunteers, we know that people who connect with nonprofits have a story that led them there, and we want to know that story. Today, we are talking with Sophie Archuleta, volunteer and VISTA manager with our agency. Over her time with CIS of Mid-America, Sophie has held a number of different titles. Because of this, I've had the opportunity to partner with Sophie on numerous projects, and she quickly became one of my favorite people to work with. However, today, we are going to fill in the gaps of our friendship. I'm going to find out what Sophie was doing before she came to CIS, how she even heard of us, and what made her decide to join our team, and also if there's anything that she would change. Please stay tuned as we head into the lunchroom with Sophie. Okay, so hi, Sophie. Welcome to the lunchroom. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Awesome. Um, so I'm super excited to have you. And like I mentioned in the intro, we're going to talk about what brought you to CIS, what made you um, decide to join our team. And we're going to start with when did you first hear about communities and schools? Yeah, so I was working at the United Way um, of Douglas County here in Lawrence. And I was doing uh, AmeriCorps, I was managing an AmeriCorps program, and my boss was actually running the volunteer center for the United Way. And so, you know, we had the beat on all of the nonprofits, and she recruited a lot of volunteers for programs in the community, and one of those programs happened to be the financial literacy program that Communities and Schools puts on. And they were having some difficulty getting volunteers. So I was kind of voluntold to uh, volunteer for the financial literacy program, running one of the booths. And so I got to, I got like firsthand experience with communities and schools and the programs that they offer as a volunteer and really loved the program, had a really great time. And then that kind of ended. Um, but later down the road, my supervisor, she um, she really loves to connect people with jobs. And she's like, if there's a job out there, she's like, oh, I know the exact person that's right for that job. And when the uh, coordinator for the financial literacy program with communities and schools was leaving, my boss heard about it, um, called me to lunch one day, which was really weird. I was terrified that I was going to lose my job or look me at lost funding. Um, and she sits down and she's like, hey, there's this job opening. I think you'd be perfect for it. Um, you've already volunteered for the program, so you kind of know what it's about. 
And she's like, I really, I want you to apply for it. Also, it's double the pay oh, and you nice. get benefits. Um, yeah. So I was like, I was hesitant because I really love the United Way. I love the AmeriCorps program and our members. And I was really happy where I was at. But it was one of those things that I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think I can turn this down. And so I applied and ended up getting the job. So I ended up getting the job that I had volunteered for, um, you know, months before. So, which is nuts because, so that was a, that was a really long answer. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but I definitely have some follow-ups to that. So, um, number one, uh, I will say it is nuts that that's kind of how you got connected with us and, and actually became like an employee with communities and schools of mid-America because our financial literacy programs, people who are listening to this podcast right now, there are likely some of the people that have volunteered for those programs listening because it is yeah. a great program to volunteer for. We have, um, and I say that like from the volunteer standpoint, because it's so much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like we consistently have that feedback from volunteers who are like, oh, I loved it. You know, I learned so much. I wish that I would have had that growing up. And then we also see a lot of repeat volunteers. Uh, so I think it's just really cool. Um, but also, I think it's kind of funny that whenever you were called to lunch with your boss, that the first thing you thought was something bad, because I do the exact <laughs> same thing. And I love whenever it turns out to be something wonderful instead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And, and she's really great. It was one of those, like, I don't yeah. want to lose you. She's like, I'm not doing this because I don't want you here. It's because I know that this is such a great opportunity for you. And so it was really, I was really lucky. to. I've had some really great surprises. Right. And I'm hoping that some of those are here in our agency. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> um, yes. And the other thing I wanted to mention was that you said, word AmeriCorps quite a few times. And so for people who are listening, who are not familiar with AmeriCorps, just hang tight. We're going to go into detail about AmeriCorps here in just a couple minutes. So um, you will know what that is. Um, but the next part I want to go into is, um, so what was it that ultimately made you decide to leave that? Was it the extra pay? Was it the benefits? Like, what was it that made you decide to make that leap? Yeah. So, um, I, I've worked in, I've actually only really worked in nonprofits since I graduated college. So pay is not really something that entices me. Um, I, it was, it was mostly the mission of the organization, um, you know, providing these supports that, that are out there for students and families that they might not know about. Um, with my AmeriCorps service, I, it was all about prevention work. And so what can we do to prevent the problems down the road? Um, you know, I was focused more on health, but I think that communities and schools as a whole, that's what we're doing. We're trying to prevent, um, you know, these families from staying in poverty. We're trying to um, help these students get a leg up and, and be able to focus on school and, and focus on a bigger picture rather than maintaining the day to day, which is what a lot of our students do. So um, just that, that, that mission um, coming from where I came from, you know, I was one of those students. And, um, and so just knowing that there are people out there, there's an organization out there that are, um, that's there to support you. Wow. Um, so I was going to talk about how you are just on the cusp of celebrating your 
five-year anniversary of CIS in America. Um, so congrats on that because I know that's happening next month. Um, Thank you. And I wanted it to is. go into more detail about that, but you just dropped a little bombshell that I was not aware of whenever you said that you were uh, like one of our sort of target students. Um, I didn't know that about yeah. you. Do you mind telling us more about that? No. So um, my mom was a single parent very early. So I think um, when my youngest sibling, my little sister was three. And so my mom was like in her late 20s with three kids working three jobs um, to make ends meet. And while like she my mom is a fighter and uh, scrappy and we we didn't necessarily she wouldn't let us know that we needed help. But um, like I, I remember at one point. Uh, we were in a one bedroom apartment, like really struggling, but my mom was just like always positive and upbeat. And so having that, those kinds of supports, like knowing that there were, um, you know, resources in the community that we could have relied on that could have made, made life a little easier for my mom would have been very helpful. And so I think knowing what we do as an organization, you know, we're helping those kids that were me. And unfortunately, um, my family didn't get connected to those resources, but fortunately for me, my mom really didn't need them. Um, or she, she may do without them. Gotcha. But it would have made life better if you guys would have had somebody like a CIS site coordinator to help connect you to those resources versus whatever sacrifices your mother had to make. Like maybe she only had to work two jobs instead of three and could have had Definitely. more time at home. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. It's, that's one of the things that I find a lot whenever I'm talking to people is how personal their stories are. And it's, to me, it really breaks down those barriers of, it's not just you, you know, we all have gone through struggles right. and even though those struggles sometimes are similar, but sometimes they're different. Um, it's just good to remember that um, where people are now is not where they always have been. And sometimes you have to really work hard and it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to accept help. And it's great when there are agencies like ours that are there just straight up offering, like, how can I help you? And I love that. Right. And I think one of the things that I really love about communities and schools is that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We are not trying to create all of the programming. Right. We are there to connect. So we are taking those resources and those programs um, that are already out in your community and we're just connecting you to them. Um, we're, we're kind of like this bridge, I guess. Uh, and so it's, we're not saying that we're the be all end all. We're saying if we can't help you with this, we're going to find someone who can. And that's what I exactly. really love. Yeah, exactly. Like we're filling in the gaps. We are being that bridge, like you said. And I think that's why it works so well, no matter what the community or the school looks like or what the needs or the resources are. It's because, like you said, we're not there to to be the end all. Be -all. We're there to help in whatever capacity it is, even if it is simply providing that connection to a different resource. And that's really right. critical because like your family didn't have that connection. So your mother was working three jobs. And yeah. if we can help a family 
not have to go through that particular situation, which could not have been easy, then, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Why not help? Right. Um, well, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, that you were, you know, willing to be vulnerable and share us those details of your personal life growing yeah. up. So I, I did promise the audience that we would talk more about AmeriCorps. And I know AmeriCorps is a really important piece of your life, both in the past and in the present. So if you would, please uh, just kind of share with the audience uh, who may not have a clue what AmeriCorps is, what it is, and your um, history with it. And then if you want to, you can just go on into what you're doing with them now. Yeah, so AmeriCorps, I like to describe it as the domestic Peace Corps. So a lot of people have heard of the Peace Corps, where um, people go out to third world countries and they serve an an amount of time. Um, Usually it's about two years in the Peace Corps. And AmeriCorps is very similar, except for it is within America, the United States. And so AmeriCorps members, they serve a a term with a nonprofit organization helping to build capacity of that organization. So um, the, the real goal is bringing people out of poverty in whatever way that looks like. And there are a couple of different branches of AmeriCorps, which I will, I will hit on two, but there are, um, I want to say four. So um, here, well, I guess in my past, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do after college, and I was in this space where I'm like, do I want to go to grad school? Do I want to take a minute um, from school and take a little break? And I decided ultimately what was best for me was taking a break, but I wanted to do something meaningful with that time. And I had I'd originally looked into Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. It is a huge commitment. It is far from home in you know a country. I've probably never heard of, and I wasn't quite ready for that big of a change. And I heard about AmeriCorps and that there were programs in my community that I could be a part of, which was really exciting. And I um, ended up applying for an AmeriCorps position in at one of the community health centers here in Lawrence and got the position. And so I was doing direct service, um, which is there are the two branches that I'm going to talk about. There's AmeriCorps State, which is direct service. So as an AmeriCorps member, you are working directly with the clients of that organization. So for me, it was patients. Um, for other people, it could be students um, or just clients, whatever they want to call them. Um, and then AmeriCorps Vista is... Um, it is more capacity building. So behind the scenes work that is more administrative than the AmeriCorps state kind of direct service. So AmeriCorps VISTA members aren't working with the clientele, the population that the organization serves. They're behind the scenes helping with uh, grant writing, volunteer recruitment. Um, So really important stuff for both sides or both branches of AmeriCorps, but they are kind of completely different. And um, my experience with AmeriCorps was amazing. I ended up really loving 
the, you know, working with my patients, seeing them every day, working really closely with my supervisor and the doctors on staff. And my ultimate goal was med school. So it was really like right up my alley. But towards the end of my service, I got burnt out. And it wasn't with the AmeriCorps program. It was with the healthcare system. And I realized healthcare was not quite for me. It was, I, I am too passionate about the people that I work for and work with. And I was taking, you know, people's stories home with me, people's health home with me. And it really started to wear on me. And I realized I could not, that's not something I could maintain. But what I did take out of it was that I love nonprofits. And AmeriCorps service was my first look into nonprofits. I never really heard the word nonprofit. Um, I, I volunteered for a Big Brothers and Big Sisters when I was in high school back at home. And that is a nonprofit. I had no idea that it was a nonprofit or really what that meant. And with my two years of AmeriCorps service, I, I, I really got to know what nonprofits are, who they serve, and that, you know, nonprofits are kind of like the Peace Corps of, um, of the working field, I think. Um, really going into communities and trying to make them better in, in like a little niche area. So I, while I was in healthcare and um, at a nonprofit, it really did help kind of broaden um, what nonprofits are, though I got really um, familiar with the nonprofits in our community. And then I ended up working at the United Way running and running the very AmeriCorps program that I was a part of and the United Way is kind of this hub for nonprofits. And so I got to learn a lot about um, the, the other nonprofits and the work that they do. And I just really had this deep seated love for nonprofit work and have been really lucky to, to stay in this field. And so, um, with AmeriCorps, while I didn't, I didn't really find the path that I thought I was going to love and be on. I found something completely different, which is super exciting. Um, and and one of the things that I really love about AmeriCorps is that you you get this multifaceted experience of what a nonprofit is, how it works, and I know for here at communities and schools, that is one of our main goals for our members. So kind of transitioning into what I'm doing now, I am now helping managing our AmeriCorps VISTA program, which is a little different than what I did, um, but still just as exciting, still just as cool. And our AmeriCorps VISTA program has mem VISTA members, AmeriCorps members that come into the organization they serve for a year-long term um, minimum. They can serve up to four terms with the organ. Well, with AmeriCorps, not necessarily at the same organization. Um, but our members get to do the behind-the-scenes work, which is what I found out. What I really love, so helping build programs, doing that research, writing grants. You know, helping us fund our programs, and. It, I'm really excited to offer 
people who are interested in nonprofit work, that real, real life behind the scenes, how does a nonprofit work? What does, you know, the finance department look like? What does resource development look like? What is marketing and communications look like? Mm -hmm. Um, That program development, you know, our members get a real chance to shadow, to look beyond just their service um, in the nonprofit world, which I think is super awesome. I'm kind of nerdy, um, (laughs) so I might be alone in that. Uh, But but actually, the applicants that I've spoken to are are interested in nonprofit work, and they're like, you know, it's not an experience that you're going to get every anywhere else, really. Yeah, I think that you would that I, from what I understand from the the Vista members that I've worked personally with through communities and schools, that it's really kind of life changing, um, the experience that they're getting. And I don't know if that's linked yeah. to their work that they're doing with our agency or if it's just AmeriCorps in general. Um, I I think um I I think both. Yeah. But I also think that it is the work that the organization puts into their their AmeriCorps program yeah. to be quite honest. Yeah. Um I'm speaking from like my experience as a member and then also the experience that I would really love for our members to get out of service. Um so I I honestly think that one yes it's that that special experience that you don't really get anywhere else but it's also that uh vested interest that the organization has in the americorps program and what year did we first get our first because we haven't always had americorps vistas working with communities and schools when did we first get our first ones we have not well actually we had americorps state members um back in the day so i want to say like seven or eight years ago. So at the very infancy of our affiliate, um, Melissa, our CEO, which everyone has heard from, yes, she had AmeriCorps serving with her as she was starting up our affiliate. Oh, awesome. So yeah, um, and I'm not quite sure how long that lasted. They're usually a three-year grant cycle. Mm-hmm. So I would assume three years. Um, but then we shifted to AmeriCorps Vista, um, three years ago. So yeah, so we are, we just started a new grant cycle. So we're going into our fourth year. Oh, cool. Um, and so I know that, um, if you guys, if anyone who's listening, um, is like a original long-term fan of this podcast, um, during one of my outros, I gave a big thank you to Camille Abdeljouad, who is our AmeriCorps Vista, who works with me here in the Emporia, Kansas office and does all of the audio engineering for this podcast. Um, and that's just one way in which this has helped expand capacity. Um, and Sophie, I know that you were talking about like there's different departments that Vistas can work in. And right now we do have opportunities available, don't we? We do. We have five um, because Camille is leaving us, Mm -hmm. which I am so excited for her. But also um, every time, every time one of my Vistas leave, I'm like, I feel like a mama bird. Like they're, they're leaving the nest. It's good for them. But I'm also like, no, I want you to stay. She's Um, leaving because her term is up. (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that that's what I mean. Yeah. And because her her um twelve month term yes. is up, and that's what usually happens with most of our members is that um their twelve month term is up, and 
uh, a MiraCore service is great. I love it. I can talk about it all day long. Um, but it is not for those who are looking to make a lot of money. Um, and so usually what we see is that members will serve one term. They get a, a ton of experience. They get great experience. And, um, and then they are ready to, to, you know, yeah. get a job that is going to actually pay them real money. And sometimes um, they come back to us because but, we just hired one of our previous AmeriCorps Vistas. Yeah, they do. So, so that's really, really exciting as well. Cause that experience can help you, you know, come back to the agency and land a job, which is pretty cool. Most definitely. Um, so yeah. Like I said, we've got some options for people who are interested in the Vista positions. We have five open right now. Is that correct? Yes. And where can people yep. find more information on those? Uh, so the AmeriCorps website, they can search for different listings. Uh, and it is, oh, so the AmeriCorps website where they can look for listings is my.americorps.gov. And they can search by um, the, by state, by, so it'll show them all the AmeriCorps positions available. Mm -hmm. Um, they can also just directly email me at volunteer. Oh my goodness. Volunteer at CISMidAmerica.org, um, for more information. Um, and then what were you on our website? It's at CISMidAmerica.org slash careers. Yes, there are many ways to find information <laughs> about our open positions. Yeah, we want to make sure that they are uh, easily findable so that people who are interested can find that information. Now, all five of these positions are housed out of our Lawrence, Kansas office, correct? Correct. Yeah, but they're yes. working directly with you. And they are. there's some positions that are through the finance department. So you'd be learning more about what we do in the back end of uh, nonprofit finance, which may sound boring to some people, but honestly, it's really, really cool uh, how we work with like grants and uh, budgeting and that sort of thing. And then also... Yeah. So that position we're calling resource development. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they get, they get to um, help with fundraising and grant management and communication. Yes, which is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do have other positions as well. So if you are interested, please check out our website at cismidamerica.org slash careers. So uh, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with a second serving of Letters in the Lunchroom. So stay tuned. So welcome back. As part of our show, we ask each guest to write a letter to the students that communities and schools serves. The only guideline that they are given is that it must come from the heart. Reading her letter to CIS students, here is Sophie Archuleta. Hello students. I want to challenge you all to never lose your inquisitiveness. Ask questions. Ask lots of questions. There is never going to be a time that we know everything there is to know. All of us have questions, even your teachers, even your parents. Some of us are just brave enough to keep asking them. There's this notion that asking questions means you're not smart or you don't know much, but I think asking questions shows that you're yearning to learn. 
you're curious about your job, about others, about the news, and just about life. You want to know those answers. You want to know those truths. And that willingness to learn is important. That willingness to keep learning is what will get you that job. It's what will get you that new friendship or relationship. It's what's going to get you that promotion and the next one and the next one after that. That willingness is your toe to the, into the door to success. The day we stop asking questions is the day we accept what is going on around us. So I implore you, ask those questions and pretty soon you'll be the one answering them. With all my faith, Sophie. Okay. So I love everything about that. And it's so crazy that that's what you chose to read or to focus your letter on because um, I know I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but I have no idea what anybody's letters are before they read them. Um, I'm hearing them for the first time um, as the audience. And uh, just yesterday, I was having a very similar conversation about the importance of asking questions. Um, And it was specifically in regards to the resource development realm Uh that we were just speaking of at the first part of this episode um, and how some people are afraid to make the ask um, whenever it comes to asking people to provide funding for something that you're passionate about, like communities and schools. And if you don't ask that question, then you miss out on the opportunity to provide funding for something that you're passionate about. And then those kids don't get the support they need. And it's the same thing like you were saying in your letter. If you don't ask the questions, then you miss out on so much, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's a new friendship, you know, or, um, you know, asking for help or learning something new. Uh, It's really cool. Um, So whenever you sat down to write your letter, did you find it difficult to settle on a topic or did it just kind of spring forth? Um, it just kind of sprang forth. I think for, for me, I, I love to learn. I love to, um, research and like, I'm the person, if my friends have a random question, they, they don't even like, they just wait cause they know I'm going to Google it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so for me, like I am so inquisitive. I want to know the answer. I want to learn something new. And I think that it's important to, to keep asking questions. There is this, I want to say misconception that, you know, if you ask a question, it's because you don't know the answer, because you're dumb, because, um, you know, you're just not smart enough. And, and I don't think that is true at all. And I don't want people or students to feel that way. I think that asking questions really shows that you want to learn that, you know, you have this willingness to learn more. Um, and, and so I don't know, it's just like, it's a big part of my life. It's just learning more. And so I want people to be excited to learn and to be, I I said brave. And I think that is true to be brave enough to ask more questions. Well, yeah, because I think that all of us at one point in our lives have been sitting in a classroom where we've been afraid to raise our hand and ask that question. Um, Afraid that we would be judged because we would be viewed as 
stupid or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I know that whenever I was really young, I heard a teacher say, uh, there is no such thing as a stupid question. And I thought, oh, that is so cheesy. Sure, there are stupid questions. But then as I've gotten older and I've gone on to do some teaching myself or gone into leadership positions and had people ask me questions, the truth is, is that there truly are no stupid questions. Yes, maybe somebody's asking you something that you just said, and they just didn't hear it, but that still doesn't diminish the importance of that question because that person still needs or desires that information. And there's nothing wrong with repeating yourself, you know, because likely they're not the only person who missed that information, or it's not going to hurt anybody else to hear that information twice. Right. Or even, you know, everyone else in that room has the exact same question as you. Right. They just don't want to be the person to ask. Yeah. And, and so, so many times. Yeah. And it even happens um, as an adult. Oh my gosh. Like in meetings. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that I still get a little bit of that fear, you know, uh, should I really ask that question? Is it a stupid question? Does it not make sense? But honestly, um, I have been praised more for asking the questions than not asking. Um, it makes you stand out. And right. in the end, it helps not only you learn, but helps everybody else around you learn as well. Yeah. And I also think it, it shows that you're listening. It shows that you are taking in that information that you want to learn that information and that you're engaged. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions. I think that it is important. Um, and, and yeah, I don't think anyone should be afraid to ask a question. And so something that I mentioned, um, sort of like, as soon as you were right done asking you or uh, reading your, your letter was, um, in addition to asking questions for more information, it's also important to ask questions for help if you need it. And, um, again, I think that does take some bravery because some people feel like they are ashamed of needing help. Um, Uh and the truth is, is that pretty much everybody in their life, and I'm not just saying it has needed help at one point or another. Um, some of us need help all the time. Some of us need help occasionally. Maybe it's just like a situation that you're going through. But one of the beautiful things I think about humanity is helping other people and acting as a team and coming together. And if people don't ask for help, there isn't the opportunity to come together as a team and provide that support for somebody else. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, So one of the questions that I was going to ask you during the first part of this episode before we went on break was what is one of your favorite memories or success stories that you've had over your five years with communities and schools? Yeah. So I managed the financial literacy program for three years. So quite a big chunk of my time here. I absolutely loved it. Um, I was tired all of the time because I was running from school to school, but, um, it was great because I got to meet a lot of students, a lot of volunteers in different communities. And, um, it, I just, I love chatting with people and learning about people's stories. But, um, one of my favorite memories that really just sticks out in my mind is we were, so it's with the financial literacy program. We were at one of the alternative high schools in Topeka, so a really small school with students that, um, you know, struggle in a public school setting. And so they had 
um, schedules that would better suit the way that they learn. Um, but anyway, so it's this really small alternative school. And I had noticed one of these students, he was like buzzing around the room, um, going from booth to booth, getting his budget figured out. And he was really engrossed in the event, which um, sometimes goes both ways with students. And so it was like really cool to see this kid really getting into it. And I, one of my volunteers comes up to me and he's like, hey, do you see that student over there? And it's the one that I had already noticed. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, he just came up to me and was so excited about how well he's done, uh, you know, working out his budget and how he feels like he's been pretty successful. He's like, he was just really jazzed about the whole thing. And so that really got me excited. And so, of course, I have to then tell uh, staff at the school because I want them to know that their students are engaged and, and getting something out of this experience, which is really the ultimate goal. And so I went up to the principal who he's really involved in that school, really great guy. And I told him what our volunteer had said to me. And he's like, okay, which student is this? So I point out the student and the principal is surprised. And he's like, wait, no, there's no way you're talking about that kid. And I'm like, yeah, that's the one that, so then like I, I pulled over our volunteer and like, you know, double checked and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's the kid. And the principal was like, so it is his senior year. He's been pretty disengaged. He's really quiet. Um, and he's like, I am really, like, he's like, that is really great to hear that, that this activity really brought this student, like, you know, out and excited and engaged. He's like, that is so surprising and so exciting. Um, and, and so really from like, this full, it was like this full circle moment of a student not only going up to an adult, but going up to an adult that's a stranger um, was something that was new. And, um, and then the student really engaging in this activity, which I love our financial literacy program. But to be quite honest, you know, it is not really fun content. It is budgeting. It's here's how much money you make this month. Now go pay for all of your your things. The things um, that all of us adults dread. <laughs> adults dread and hate. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's this little dose of reality for students to see, you know, this is what it's going to be like when, when you graduate from high school, when you're out on your own. And so we've found a way, obviously, to make it fun and exciting. Um, but But just to hear, you know, from... A volunteer and from the teachers and, and the principal that this student, this activity made this student engaged and excited to learn. And um, that is, that's something that I'm going to keep with me forever. Uh, I, it, it was such a fun experience. You guys inspired him. I love that. Yeah. And so um, we've talked quite a bit about this financial literacy program and um, its official name is Future Now Finance. And we host this program at nearly every high school that Communities and Schools of Mid-America serves. And so if someone is interested in volunteering for this, would they just email you at the uh, volunteer CISMidAmerica.org email address? 
Yeah, definitely. Hit me up and I can connect you with the schools in your community. Awesome. Well, with that, we are going to take another quick break and then we will be back with some extra credit. So we like to wrap up each episode with the opportunity to earn some extra credit. Are you ready to answer a few more questions before we let you go? I am. Okay. First one is if you had one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, super easy teleportation. I want to be everywhere all the time at the snap (laughs) of a finger. So, okay. With that in mind, if you could go anywhere right at this moment, where would you go? Oh, Italy nice pasta and wine and culture of course that would be so nice oh that sounds fantastic um so my uh during the break I told you that I wrote down a sort of spontaneous extra credit question because I only do three and so I have to ditch another one for this one but you mentioned earlier that you always have to google things for your friends so Mm -hmm. I want to know what is the weirdest thing that you've ever googled that's podcast appropriate. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Cause I literally Google everything. <laughs> okay. Um, probably, uh, in most recent months, the gestation time of, uh, cows. What is it? Do you know? Yeah. Random. Right. So how long, how long does it take for a cow to, to have right. a calf? And, and how long is it? Do you yeah. remember? Oh, goodness. No, I don't even remember <laughs> the answer to that. Because because then there was a whole other conversation that that sparked um, that had to do with, like, um, artificial insemination. And, yeah, it was wow. a really random conversation. And I don't even remember why, what the, the answer was to our question. That's funny. Um I know that whenever you told me that you Google things for your friends and I thought, oh, I need to ask her what the weirdest thing is, that I remember one time my daughter, who is now 13, but when she was like, I don't know, nine, she had my phone and I, whenever I got my phone back from her and I went to my, um, uh, the web browser. the web browser. What is it called on, yeah. on, on iPhone? Safari. Safari. Yes. Whenever I went to the Safari, it had what she had been looking at and it was just a web page of Google images of um, pile of prairie dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it was just a bunch of piles of prairie dogs. <laughs> it was so cute. I bet it was cute though. It was. It was really funny and so random. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think more often my Googles are, um, what show was that person in? What movie was this person in? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what most of them are. Um, (laughs) but yeah, but then there are those random ones that, that really get you. Which is kind of funny. Um, also, I don't know, this is totally, totally random, but um, I don't know if you ever watched Good Mythical Morning, which is a YouTube show. Oh, I do. Yeah. Sometimes they'll have... Rhett and Link. I love them. Yeah, right? They're phenomenal. And sometimes they'll have the don't Google this. And... Oh, I don't know. 
I don't think that I've heard that one. Um, I don't know if they've done it for like a year or two. And it was one of their uh, options on the wheel of mythicality whenever they would spin it and it would land on a uh-huh. you know, thing. And one of the things that it could land on was don't Google this. And they would pull the thing off the wheel of mythicality and read what not to Google. And I always, <laughs> yeah. what, I mean, like they're in, they're like enticing you to Google it. And so one time it was like, yeah, um, yeah. I think it was like a penguin's mouth and it's horrifying. <laughs> Oh no! Now I want to Google it. It it was either a penguin's mouth or a goose mouth. It was something that cannot be unseen, (laughs) which is why they say don't Google it. But at the same time, it's really good, especially if you are, you know, thirsty for knowledge, which you and I both are. So, okay. So the final extra credit question is: What is the number one reason why you feel people should get involved with communities and schools? Uh, the students, duh. Yeah. Um, no, so we, um, the students that we serve are awesome. They, they deserve it. They deserve all the support that they can get. And I think, um, you know, fi- the financial literacy program, Future Not Finance is just one really cool program that we offer. It's a really fun way to get involved with these students. Um, I think, it's important for our students to have access to um, adults that they won't necessarily get access to, you know, in their daily lives. And so by volunteering with our organization, you're going to be providing that experience, um, those new relationships uh, for our students. And I think that's really important. It is. And one of the things that's really neat about our organization is that we have lots of different ways that people can volunteer. So for example, if they wanted to volunteer for the financial literacy event, you can do one session or you can do the whole day. You can also become a Mm long-term volunteer where you are coming to that school on a regular basis to either help an after-school program or eating lunch with a student or helping with tutoring or mentoring. I mean, there's so many ways to get involved. Um, And there are so many ways. And if you aren't quite keen on working with students, which is okay, uh, middle schoolers can be True. scary, um, you can volunteer for um, things that don't involve students too, that are just, that are going to benefit them as well. So we have um, the, the, oh goodness, those programs where like back snacks, I believe is what yeah, they call like it, back where snacks. you just help pack. Yeah. You help pack mm-hmm. snacks. Um, into bags that, that go with students uh, when they leave school. So that one is you're just in an office, you know, packing food. Um, we have clothing closets and resource closets that need organized. Um, and so that, again, will not necessarily involve a student. You're just working alone in an office. And so there are, I, I feel like we kind of run the gamut on um, as little or as much involvement as you want with students that are still going to benefit the organization at the end of the day. And we also have um, fundraising events that need volunteers. Like we have the golf tournament that we do in Southeast Kansas. Um, We have the marathon, the half marathon that we do in central Kansas. So we have lots and lots and lots of different ways, but if anybody's interested in volunteering their time and their energy, please reach out to Sophie at um, the email address volunteer at cismidamerica.org. And you can also find more information at our website, cismidamerica.org. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Sophie. We are going to wrap up this episode. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. And it was awesome learning more about you and what brought you to connect with communities and schools. And I'm so glad that you did because it's been really cool working with you. And I look forward to uh, continuing to work with you. 
same here. Thanks so much. Awesome. So that is it for today's episode. For more information on Communities and Schools of America, including ideas on how you can get involved, please check out our website at cismidamerica.org. Make sure to follow us on social media at CIS Mid-America. Subscribe to this podcast and please leave us a review. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Letters from the Lunchroom. I am your host, Victoria Partridge. And until next time, class is dismissed. Thank <laughs> you.